0: The Free For All Roundtable. Round one.
1: On round one today, Jerry Agar is here. He's yours from 9 to noon on News Talk 1010. Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers. Scott Reid, CTV political commentator and advisor to a number of Canadian prime ministers. Good morning, everybody. And it seems like housing and house building and the green belt are all hot files today. Um, You may have had a chance to listen to a spokesperson for Ontario municipalities just a little while ago on the show, but he was saying that waiving development fees, which the province's new law does, is going to leave them with billions of dollars in shortfall, which might lead to, say, for example, 5% tax increases, or having to figure out how to get by on less services. Scott Reed, I'll go with you first. Of course, governments are going to fight over money. But when I look at the balance sheet on this, it just seems like they're giving money to developers that the cities actually need.
2: Yeah, listen, I think that the provincial government is going to, you know, It's going to get away with this but it's going to it's it's going to find this creates problems down the road for itself and it's the kind of thing you look at it in your first year back and you're chuffed and you've got a big super majority and you're thinking ha 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 i can do things that i want so i can go out there under the rubric of making it easier to build i'll you know, waive all these development fees, which just happen to benefit developers, but we know it starves the income of the cities. But they can't really, all these municipalities, what are they going to do? They're going to raise taxes. They'll bear the brunt. So, ha-ha, it's a double win for us. Or, you know, they'll... uh uh, they'll have to uh, find it uh, out of their own budgets, which they don't really have. So I think the province has outsmarted itself. It thinks that this is all a big uh, big political play, but then you layer in the scrutiny that you know was the Green Belt as a component of this is getting in terms of what are the connections between the lobbyists that were hired, the developers that benefited. Um, I, I just think the whole thing stinks to high heaven and it's going to create an ongoing, lingering challenge for the government. And remember, it is now pissed off just about. But every single municipality in the province, they can blow that off as like whatever. That's your problem. But that is going to give them a host of problems going forward. They've got their largest stakeholder group, uh, municipalities, to that answer to them, angry and resentful, and that's that's a problem going forward. Okay, Jerry Agar.
3: Well, I think there are um, you know pluses and minuses here, and I I don't know. I guess you could sit down with a balance sheet and try to figure out um, where you are with it. Um, yeah. It's hugely controversial, it wasn't when Kathleen Wynne did it for some reason, um, but she didn't take away the development fees, so maybe that's part of it, or part of it is just that, um, if I guess if you're a liberal and you want to mess around with the Green Belt, that's okay, and if you're a conservative, it's not. I think that's part of what's going on here, but I think there have been some mistakes. By um, we, we need the housing, I don't think they're taking the most vulnerable and sensitive uh, pieces of the Green Belt, um, so on that side, I'm with it, there's a little bit of concern, I think, when somebody just bought a piece of that property kind of last week, so to speak, and suddenly is going to do very, very well. But then again, I do a balance sheet, and I see a developer who had purchased property there and McGinty took it away from him to create the green belt. no compensation, sorry, your land's
1: worth nothing now. I mean, so, you know, you can, you can make an argument on either side here, unfortunately. Okay, and Deb Hutton, we're sort of folding two discussions into one issue, but we are talking about housing. Uh, but the first one would be the waiving of development fees that the municipalities are pushing back on. The other one would be this uh, ongoing probe at the Toronto Star that suggests there's a considerable overlap between people who donate to the Conservatives and people who all of a sudden find themselves with much more profitable land.
0: Yeah. So on the on the issue of of the development fees, I actually like the policy. I don't think we can all say we're in a housing crisis, light our hair on fire, and then not do something about it. So the Ford government has said development charges directly impact the bottom line because it gets passed on to consumers, and it makes developers a little less likely to to build. So I like the policy. I also think though that when one level of government changes a policy that has a direct uh, financial hit on another, there needs to be some way of making that up. So either give them an another revenue tool, or actually make them whole, or at least partially whole on on the policy. So that's that's my take on the first. On the second issue, the, the Toronto Star loves to do this. And they say, here's A, here's B, but they don't necessarily draw the line between A and B. So if there is a problem, we should be made aware of it. There should be some sort of uh, transparent process that indicates there is something really afoul here. But the notion that you're going to swap out, and in fact, to the benefit of Greenbelt land, uh, one piece for another, when many of these pieces, when they were put into the Greenbelt in the first place, were already serviced, already the municipality had said, we're going to build housing here, and Dalton McGinty and, and uh, the Liberal Party said, oh no, we're just going to draw this arbitrary line. I don't have a problem with changing that, quote, arbitrary line. Okay, what's going on in can Brampton? I, can yes, I, yes, go sorry. ahead. Can
2: I add one thing, John? Yep. Um, I, I agree with part of what uh, Deb said there. I'm not completely wild-eyed on it. I actually don't think this story here, the stinky part of the story are donations from developers to any given government, because that happens all the time. I think, though, that if your motives become under huge suspicion, And if, for example, forget the donations, if they can make links between people that purchased tracts of land shortly before the policy change and lobbyists that were hired also by those developers and therefore demonstrate inside knowledge, then you got a real genuine scandal because it means that people were profiteering over inside information. And that's something I'd be keeping my eye on. And you only find that stuff out if organizations like the Star, like Narwhal, dig and dig and dig, ask people uncomfortable questions, find sources, break open the truth and maybe it's not true but if it is that's going to cause a real problem for this government and it's going to undo a bunch of its housing policy initiatives but i'm with you on that scott
0: (laughs) but but what you said was if 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 so 100 if 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 there is an issue here i will line up with you on it i just don't like the let's throw some mud at the wall and see if it sticks
1: okay Oh, now forgetting. we'll talk about Brampton. Uh, Br- in Brampton yesterday, council banned fireworks and uh, election signs on private property. When did they become the Amish, Jerry? Well, this is, a, this is an incumbent protection plan.
3: That's all that is. If, you're, if you want, need to get your name out there, election signs are one of them. So that's my first problem with it. Congratulations uh, to, to the mayor of Brampton doing, once again, the honest thing, as he always does. And then, uh, secondly, Whose lawn is it? It's not Patrick Brown's lawn. Well, I remember it's when we my were kids. lawn.
1: It was six feet of city property.
3: Well, I, yeah, but it's uh, but if it's on my lawn, then he can get off my lawn. There, there you
1: go. Um, yeah, Deb, Hunt, and I don't know if the same thing applies here that you used to in Montreal, where you would remember if you were in a fight with a kid, you'd go and stand on on what you said was the border of the city property and your property, and you would say six feet belongs to the city.
0: Wow, I didn't grow up like that, John. Oh, okay. Um, But listen, so many people get to say, usually on the opposite side of an issue that I'm on, this is anti-democratic. Guess what? I get to say it today. This is anti-democratic. I have a right to put a lawn sign and show who I'm supporting in an election. I hate this. I think it's wrong. And Jerry's 100 percent right. This is incumbency protection.
1: All right. Last word, Scott Reed. Yeah, I had a huge fight uh, with our
2: pal Rashmi on the rush about this a few weeks ago, and her argument, which I think is worth uh, giving voice to, is, look, we see increasing evidence of vandalized, uh, these signs being vandalized, they're being used as a platform to write anti-Semitic, racist, uh, misogynistic uh, things, and and that's true, that does happen, but my view is there's a greater imperative, um, which is people should be allowed to express their political support, and Jerry's not wrong, very tough. To get your name out there, if you take away one of the most obvious and established mechanisms for that, I just think this is uh, th- this is the wrong way to go.
1: When I first saw these, I thought that they were fake and somebody was creating mischief. But uh, they're anti-LGBTQ tweets that are emanating from the official account of the Russian uh, embassy in Ottawa. And Deb Hutton, uh, this has culminated in the foreign affairs minister calling in the Russian ambassador, which is a very formal dressing down. I just wonder what the heck's going on.
0: Uh, well, Scott Reid, hang on to yourself here, because I am going to support the Liberal government on this fully. So often we hear governments walk uh, talk the talk, and they actually don't walk the walk. I love the uh, government's Indo-Pacific strategy yesterday, which is much tougher on China. I love that Minister Jolie is calling the ambassador to task. I, I just think, go with it. Move forward on this stuff and actually put your money where your mouth is.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scott, I'm getting to the point, especially with what Russia has done to Ukraine, where I think we could kick the, you know, close the embassy down and kick them all out. And I realize there are reasons why you want to maintain diplomatic channels, but somebody else can talk to the Russians. Yeah, I
2: want to maintain diplomatic channels to be honest, but I'm completely in agreement that Julie should call them in and call them on the carpet on this. I, it won't, it won't stop them from doing it, but it's good that we call it out. I'm more interested, I'm genuinely curious, and I lack the expertise and the understanding, why? why? Why is this happening? It isn't just an expression of bigotry. And they don't do things like this indeliberately. So it's it's part of a strategy. And usually their strategies are a little more subtle. That's more like, you know, um, subterfuge. This is so overt, they've signed their name to it. So I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what the strategy is here, what they're trying to accomplish, but whatever their reasons are, and whatever the broader strategy is, I'm glad that we're putting them up against the wall and saying, wrong, knock it off.
3: I'm not as giving as Deb is on this. I think it's the easiest thing for the minister to do. It's an easy position to take in Canada, and it means nothing to Russia. But hey, a little virtue signaling never hurts. Uh, If we can do something about uh, getting Russia out of Ukraine, let's do that. That's hard to do. So um, maybe let's make ourselves look good by
1: concentrating on another thing. Um, Ontario Place has a brand new design, more parkland. I'm going to have to see a maquette or a video of this thing to really understand what their plan is, but I've always said Toronto is the city of the eternal plan. We never actually do anything.
3: Yeah, yeah. get back to me when you put a shovel in the ground. I mean, mean, how many plans have we had for Ontario Place? That was uh, one of the jobs that John Tory had before he became mayor, figuring out what to do with Ontario Place. He had a plan. That plan is sitting on a shelf somewhere gathering dust while we have another plan, and there's probably been two or three plans since then. I don't no, I, I don't care. You either do something or shut up.
1: Okay, Scott Reed.
2: I don't know. I have the slightest idea how to evaluate this plan. So, yeah, like I'm like everybody else. I, I'm impatient. I would like something to happen with that parcel of land. I remember it fondly when I was a kid. But I also want the right thing to be done. I don't. I, I look at these diagrams. I don't know what the hell to make of it. Looks like space age stuff. It's like welcome to Mars, the beautiful land of the future. I have no idea how to evaluate it. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it? Does it do everything it can to create pu- uh, public space, or is it all like you know? Are we just going to find that when you're after it's developed, it's there's going to be like slot machines everywhere? Like I don't know. So it's it's I find this stuff almost overwhelming. I want something to happen, but I don't know how to also insist that you know something good happen.
1: Yeah, I'm Deb Hutton, I I feel exactly as Jerry and Scott do. I look at all these images and they look pretty, but I don't know how it all comes together, and I don't know when it's all going to come together.
0: Well, uh, I don't either, but that's the reason you have people who actually do know some of these things do it and why you have some plans. I am in complete agreement. Just get on with something. So we know no housing. That's a good thing. We know no casino. I think that's a good thing. And we now know 12 acres of parkland, free and accessible to everyone. I also think that's a good thing. I'm not with, what's the play, the uh, organization called, uh, Gil Penaloza, Ontario for All, or Ontario Place for All, I think it's called. I'm not with them that this should be a, whatever it is, 155 acre piece of of park. So any development that includes those things that I just itemized and, and excludes those things I itemized is good for me, shovels in the ground.
1: Thank you all. Deb Hutt and Jerry Agar, Scott read on Free for All Round 1 Catch the Round Table Round 1 at 7:45 Round 2 at 8:45 Weekday mornings on more in the morning News Talk 10:10 Toronto